Welcome to the Park Road Talk Back Podcast. Today's podcast is a conversation with Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road Baptist Church with Amy Jacks Dean. I'm Bruce Holliday, Director of Communications for Park Road, and this summer our Talk Back Podcast series deals with the summer sermon series entitled The Folly of Conventional Wisdom. During this series, Amy and Russ will, be, will use their sermons to call attention to some of the so-called wisdom we routinely hear in our everyday lives, sayings that make their way into our common consciousness, which may not, in fact, be very wise. As part of this series, Russ recently gave a sermon that we want to talk about today. The sermon was entitled, On Freedom and Fate, Everything Doesn't Happen for a Reason. So today we'll spend a few minutes with Russ discussing his sermon in more detail. Hello, Russ. It's good to be back with you again today. Bruce, I always enjoy our conversations. Thanks very much. Glad to do it. So in this sermon, you start with a, a, a little bit of a theological discussion about uh, the Calvinistic assertion that there's no free will versus a, a non-theistic approach or perspective that there's no divine spirit at play in our world at all versus uh, the belief that God controls all things, but not necessarily in a predestined manner. Can you kind of elaborate on those different perspectives on theology? Yeah, sure. I, in setting this up, I was trying to kind of uh, put before the folks kind of two poles of freedom. You know, are we free or are we controlled by some kind of fate? And so I was thinking about various ways people have talked about this. And I, I talked a little bit about Calvin to begin with. Um, Calvin is interesting. Uh, John Calvin was a Protestant reformer. He's a Swiss pastor. Um Presbyterianism comes out of John Calvin, and the doctrine that Calvin is most known for is predestination, which we don't have time to get into it today, but most people misunderstand that. And most people think Calvin was talking about predeterminism, you know, that God has determined everything that's going to happen for us. That's not at all what Calvin meant by predestination. but uh, as I say, we don't have time to go into that today. But um, D- Calvin does say that there is no free will, and he believes so much in the power of sin. He, he talks about the depravity of man. That was uh, a famous phrase of his, the depravity of man. And we are so enthralled to sin, he says, that Russ isn't really making his own decisions. Bruce, you're not making your own decisions. Sin is in you, and it's the devil. It's, uh, you know, it's evil. Um, and, and we are so enthralled to sin that we are not free. And so I, I've offered that as one um, one theologian over the years who's talked about the fact that we are not really free. And in an ironic kind of connection there. I, I, I talked about on the other end of the religious spectrum, there's some, you know, atheists, some materialists who believe, who don't believe there's God at all, um, but they believe that um, our genetic um, predispositions are so strong. Uh, uh, Richard Dawkins famously talks about the selfish gene and that our genes um, have such a strong um push um, at kind of the, the heart of each of our cells to keep themselves alive, that we are sort of determined uh, from within and that we really aren't free. And so we are genetically determined. And uh, uh, so the decisions that I make, I'm really not making just free moral decisions. My body, my, my genes are pushing me to make the decisions that I make. So I use those as two 
very different kinds of examples of people who've talked about freedom and the fact that we might not have freedom. That was kind of one side I was trying to talk about and set up freedom. Are we free? And then kind of on the other side is this notion of fate that, that, uh, um, which actually the way the way I, I introduce freedom and talking about Calvin and also genetic determinism almost sounds like fate that we really aren't free. But this idea of fate, um, the Greek uh, pagan understanding was that there were three goddesses, the fates plural, um, who determined our destinies before we were born. Um, and so we really aren't free. We're just living a predetermined, a uh, predetermined life that the fates have set for us. Um, and, and then I kind of got around to saying, you know, I, I wonder if that's really much different than what I hear some Christians talking about, about God being in control of all things. Well, if God is in control of all things, are we really free? So let's let's talk about that. You know, I think that's kind of the pivotal question uh, of the sermon. Uh, are we free? Where where do you come down on that? Um, I, I think that we need to listen to science. I always believe we need to listen to science, and I think that um, whereas you know, Bruce, I once thought you know people are just completely free, and you make good decisions or you make bad decisions, and it's your free choice, and then God judges you on those decisions. You're completely free. Um, you know, I think there are very, very strong. Um, uh, genetic influences on us. And I, I actually mentioned in the sermon, you know, what do we do with sociopaths? You know, sociopaths who have absolutely no remorse and no conscience and, you know, people who murder multiple people. And, you know, I, I think we have to understand that there are chemical imbalances in the brain. There are genetic influences that 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 are strongly at work. And so I want to, I, I want to affirm that. And yet I, I don't think that can rob us. That I don't think that can let us off the hook that we certainly have the opportunity to make free decisions. And I can choose how to treat my wife and my children and my neighbor. And I can choose whether to cheat on my taxes or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm free to make those decisions. So yeah, I do believe in the in in the big picture we we are free, and in in the ways that I think are most important in how we treat one another. I'm I am I am a free moral agent um, in how I treat my neighbor, and I think that's the level Jesus is talking on. Yeah, let let's let's understand. Let let's give science its due. Let's uh, uh, all of that. Um, but no, I do not believe we are determined, completely determined, either by genetics or by some kind of predetermined fate, whether by, you know, the goddesses the Greeks believed in or, or God. Um, I, I do think we are free moral agents. Right. And so in the sermon, you talk about the phrase, everything happens for a reason. And uh, this phrase the way it's often employed by people as a, as a, a means of condolence very often troubles you. What is it about those words in particular that feel uh, sort of hollow to you? Um, Bruce, as I've just kind of gone through all this, talking about the way I tried to set up this sermon, it, it does feel to me that there's not a whole lot of difference in the, the way some Christians talk about the way things happen and what 
you know what the Greek pagans believe that the that these three goddesses has determined you know our destiny for us. There are plenty of people I have spoken to them who will say God knows the day and the hour of your death, and there's nothing you can do about that. Well, like wow, if God mm-hmm. knows when I'm going to die, am I really free? You know, um, I, I give this illustration in in the sermon about the teenage boy. In our community, this happened 10 or 12 years ago. I don't know the boy's name, but I remember reading about it in the newspaper. And I was standing on a baseball field, and the dad of another baseball player who knew I was a pastor, we're standing there talking, and he's talking about this accident. It's terrible that this boy was killed. And he said, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think there is hidden behind that. You know, this kind of notion that, well, God was behind that. This happened for a reason. And the reason was God's in control. You know, we don't really know what the reason is, but God's in control. Well, you know, Bruce, if that's really the case, if God was in control, if God knew the date that this boy was going to die, God knew he was going to die from a alcohol-induced, you know, high-speed crash, which is what it was, was that boy really free? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I'm very, I'm very troubled by this kind of notion. And I, I hear this of all these aphorisms we're talking about this summer. This is the one that I probably hear most often. Um, it was ironic. I preached the sermon on Sunday morning. We were having dinner with a friend that night, um, and I don't know what we were talking about. But in in the course of the conversation, something about a tragedy or something that happened came up, and he said, "Well, you know, everything happens for a reason." Well. Amy and Bennett and I were sitting there and we all got this big grin on our face and he's like, what's going on? And so I had to tell him about the sermon, you know, um, I, I hear it all the time. And I think there is this notion about the God's control um, that if we really get down to it, I think logically, I, I think that denies human freedom. Um, if God is in control, if this boy died it was his time. God knew it was going to happen. How is that different from saying God predestined that and the boy had no control, had no freedom? Right. Do we use those words to comfort ourselves? Does it in a way absolve us of responsibility for bad things that happen? Well, two, two, two things. My concern is that it may absolve us of responsibility. If we're not free, we can sit back and say, well, poor people, what are we supposed to do about poor people? You know, the Bible, Jesus said, the poor you will always have with us. What can I do about that? You know, we, we can use that um, if God is in control of all things. Well, maybe I'm not really responsible. And so I think we can use that to absolve ourselves. Um, and that's one concern that I have. You, you say, do we use that as a means of comfort? Um, and and I want to acknowledge that for some people, I understand, um, I, I say in the sermon, I understand the inclination to assign the things that happen to God. I really do. Life is hard. Uh, some of its suffering is nearly unbearable. And so I think that if people can feel like their suffering is part of some kind of grand design, you know, some kind of bigger plan that they can't see, for some people, that brings some comfort. Um, uh, I think if we think really carefully about that, again, if we, if we understand the implications that this really does deny us of any freedom, that's a very troubling thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Leslie Weatherhead, in his book, The Will of God, which I have gone back to a thousand times, at some point there, he says, ultimately, there is no truth in a lie. Um, You know, if God is not in control, if we really are free to make decisions and to do things, if, if our lives are not determined, then we ought not say God is in control of everything. We ought not say everything happens for a reason. Ultimately, that lie that untruth will not be helpful to us. And um, so, I, yeah, I do understand that that for some people that seems to be a means of comfort, that it puts us in the big picture. But let's let's think carefully about what that means and what that implies when we say that about everyone else. Right. You quote a friend in the sermon and you, who said, suffering is not redeemed by being explained, but by being transformed. Uh, what is the what is the meaning of that exactly? Now, that's my friend, Dr. Bill Hull, and I've qu- I've quoted Bill a lot. Also, uh, he he says that in his commentary on the Gospel of John, um, and you know, I, th- I think Bill is trying to get at this same notion that um, that to be able to give some answer to people is is not what people need. Um, suffering. It doesn't get redeemed by us explaining it. Um, suffering is redeemed by being transformed. And and where I would find God in that, Bruce, is to say, okay, so God didn't cause your suffering or God didn't allow your suffering as if God could have stopped it if God wanted to. So we can't explain it away, but God is with us. And and I, I believe God is in every moment Um my translation of Romans eight twenty eight, which says, uh, "In all uh, in all things, all things work uh, for the good for those who love God." And and my translation of that is, "God is the energy in all things, working to bring about the good." And so I think in everything, in the worst tragedies, in the deepest darkest moments. God is with us, and I think we can learn from those moments. We can come out of those moments stronger, and God can use those moments. Um, But let's not say God caused that, because then God is responsible for the for the suffering. Uh, That, in my understanding, that really makes God responsible for the evil in the world, the bad in the world. And I do not believe God is responsible for the bad uh, in the world. Right. This sermon series is based on the book of Ecclesiastes, and you say that uh, this particular book presents, um, quoting you, realism that sounds cynical, is sobering, but it is wise. Uh, Why is something that is perhaps cynical or sounds cynical, why is that realism? And and if so, why is it it wise? Um, Bruce, I I, I am so afraid. I'm so afraid of the people who are walking away from the church um, because the answers that the church give sound hollow to so many people. We give pride answers. We give platitudes. Oh, God needed an angel. That's why the boy died. God needed an angel in heaven. Mm. You know, it was his time. He's in a better place. You know, we don't know the answers. God needed. Uh, how, how does that help a boy's suffering family, his suffering parents? Um, and so I am, and and I meet people all the time, Bruce. We have a lot of folks that come to our church who 
find Park Road sort of at the end of their journey. They have walked away from a lot of churches because the answers just don't suffice. Um, and, and the answers are hollow. Um, and they finally get to a place like Park Road and they can, they can hear this kind of deeper wisdom from uh, Ecclesiastes, which basically says, you know, folks, life is hard. Life is not fair. Things happen. Things just happen. Um, th- this is there is no prosperity gospel in um, the, the book of Ecclesiastes that the yeah. prosperity gospel, you know, that notion that God blesses the righteous, you know, right. um, and, and this text for this sermon um, sounds pretty cynical and it certainly is not conventional wisdom. I read this from chapter nine. I, I laid all this. I laid to heart examining all how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, whether it is love or hate, one does not know. That's well, that's cynical, whether whether it's love or hate, you don't even know that. Everything that confronts him is vanity since the same fate comes to all. Now, this is the challenge uh, to the prosperity gospel that says God blesses the righteous. Right. And the writer of Ecclesiastes says to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to those who sacrifice and those who don't, to the, uh, as are the good, so are the sinners. Um, you know, so I think I think the realism of the book of Ecclesiastes says, you know, there's not some simple formula, you know, do good and God blesses you. Life is hard and and God is in it for all of us. Um, and I think that's good news. I, I, I think it is hard for some people to hear because they want to know that there's some grand plan. You know, I, I think life is hard. I think the world is open. I think we are morally free to make our decisions. And, you know, I just think bad things happen to people. And we need to we need to be real about that. Um, right. God, I, God is with us, but God doesn't. God is not the controlling force, either either actively making something happen or, you know, withdrawing God's control so things can happen, you know, for a reason. Right. I do. So I asked this question of Amy last week. Um, if if the end result is the same, whether we're good or we're bad or the the kind of lives that we lead, what is, what is the payback? What is the um, incentive to live a devout or Christian life um, with what sounds kind of cynical? about the ultimate end of all of us? Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, a really good question, Bruce. And it's a good question that sort of underlies all of this unconventional wisdom. Um, you know, the prosperity gospel says God blesses, you know, the righteous. And so if you live good and if you trust Jesus and if you do all the things that the church says, then God will bless you. Ultimately, you know, that blessing will be heaven and everybody else gets punished, you know. Um, well, if, if you take that away, so like you say, well, why is what is the reason that you ought to be good? Or what is the reason that you ought to be Christian? Uh, um, and what I can tell you is in my own experience, it is its own benefit. Um, I, I don't need to do what I do in order to get the reward at the end. Living the right way is its own reward. Um, and I believe that Jesus teaches us the right way to live. Um, I believe I believe that living a life oriented around a theistic understanding of the world, that there is God 
I believe that helps us to begin our life in humility. It's not all about us. There is there is something bigger than us uh, in this world. Um, and, and I think um, it, it leads us to a life of service and gratitude. Um, for me, all of that comes out of orienting my life around a, a, a theistic understanding of the world that there is God and orienting my my ethical life around the, the way of Jesus. Um, I don't have to I don't have to posit some, well, I lived good, so therefore God's going to bless me in the end. Now, we can talk about my afterlife theology at some point if you want to, but that, that's not, I don't need to go there. Mm-hmm. Living the life of Jesus is its own reward. Um, and I kind of think that's that's part of the realism of Ecclesiastes. You know, we don't know the righteous and the unrighteous and the good and the bad. You know, the same fate comes to us all, but God is in it. He says, um, and, and, and so for me, God is in it. I do. I believe that. Um, I think orienting my life around God and how that shapes my life, it's its own reward. So are you are you saying then that um, a, a good life, however we define good, uh, provides maybe a, a certain peace of mind or a positive purpose? Or is, is it more than that? In your view, no, I, I think that's very much uh, um, both peace of mind and comfort uh, and, and ease of, of spirit. And I think there are a lot of people that do not have that. Uh, you, you know, in our work as pastors, we get to hear people's stories. We get to hear people kind of let down the veil sometime. And there are an awful lot of people who live at dis ease. Uh, they're not comfortable with themselves. They're not satisfied with themselves. Um, um, and so I, I think I think that's one very important part of this. Um, you know, my believing that God creates us in God's own image. You know, God loves us. I, I think if people could truly believe that God loved them, a lot of that um, um self-loathing that people live with could, could go away. And so, yes, a sense of, of comfort and self-ease, um, and then a push toward an ethical life. You, you know, right. we, can, we can be comfortable, but we recognize there's work in the world that we need to do. And so, yeah, we need to be active. We can't sit back and just go, oh, well, God loves me. I'm comfortable. I, can, I don't have to do anything for the world. Um, so for, for me, the godly life pushes us to both of those things. God loves us. We are loved. We are forgiven. Be at peace. We say that every single Sunday at church. Uh, we can be at peace. And yet, wow, there's a lot of work to do, and we need to be out there be out there doing it. Right. At the very end of the sermon, you, you quote, uh, there's another quote that you use. Uh, we don't own events or their reasons. We own what we do with them, which seems like... Uh, Basically, what you've been saying all along—that um, we we there may not be uh, an obvious explanation for what's happening, but we can choose to react to what's going on around us in in many different ways. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and um, I, I guess my concern that everything happens for a reason. Um, uh, uh, makes us pawns in this world. You know, we, we could sit back and say, well, if everything happens for a reason, it's all determined and I can't help what happens to me. 
nor can I make any difference for what happens to you. So I don't need to care about the poor. I don't need to care about anybody. I can just live for me. Um, I think that's dangerous. And I think that is implicit in the statement. Everything happens for a reason. Um, I'd like to help people recognize, you know, life is just hard. Now, now, often, Bruce, oftentimes there are reasons, you know, this example that I gave in the very beginning, this story with the, the baseball dad, there was a reason that boy died. It wasn't that God calls this or allows this. The reason was the boy was drunk and driving too fast and he lost control. That was the reason. But we often don't want to hear those reasons. You know, right. we, we want to we want to put this to, to some grand reason. You know, a lot of times there are reasons Um Things happen for a reason. Um, Other times, you know, things happen. Why did my house get hit by a tornado and yours did not? Is there any reason for that? No, that, you know, that's just meteorology. That's the way, you know, the weather currents worked or whatever. But is there a reason that I lost everything I had and you didn't? No. Um, I, I think we need to help people reckon with the very difficult and uncertain life that we live what we can do is take responsibility for how we respond to those events. And that's where we find God in giving us the strength to do that, to make the best, to find, uh, to, to, to find meaning in the world, to transform our suffering into something good. Well, Russ, I appreciate you taking the time with us today and appreciate it. I feel like I'm talking 90 miles an hour all the time, Bruce. There's so much, you know, there's so much to be said. And so thanks for asking the questions. And, um, you know, as always, I'm, I'm open to talking with folks about these and other issues and call me or send me an email and come to the church office and I'll spend as much time with you as you want to. And I can vouch for that. And I enjoy that. And I, I, I really appreciate your perspective and your willingness to answer people's questions. I think that's the great thing about Park Road Baptist is that, Certainly, uh, uh, very open to questioning uh, and 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 honest discussion uh, about the world. Thanks so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. We invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. They can always find it on the Park Road website under the Resources tab, or you can listen and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. That's it for this week. From all of us at Park Road Baptist Church, thank you for listening today. Grace and peace to you.